Colossians chapter number 3, and we'll read the first four verses here. And um, quite, quite honestly, a very simple thought tonight. Um, I was doing something yesterday, and I was listening to Brother Stennett Ballou, and he was giving a charge to preachers, and uh, kind of in the middle of that message, he just briefly mentioned verse number 2. And when he did, my mind just began to kind of to reel on some other things. And so I was able to pin down a few of those thoughts, and I hope that, uh, that maybe they can be a blessing to you uh, as well as to myself tonight. But uh, Colossians chapter number 3, verse number 4, uh, excuse me, verses 1 through 4, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Let's pray. Father... We ask you now that you would help us. I pray that you would hide us by the, behind the cross. God, we ask you that you would give us the words, give us the breath, Lord, to speak your word tonight. I ask you that you would, again, as Brother Kurt prayed, help the young folks in the back. But I pray that you would help us tonight, Lord, as we worship you uh, in your word. I pray that you would help us to encourage your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> so tonight I want to deal with verse number 2. And uh, the title simply is Setting Your Affections. Now, uh, I, I may use the word um, priorities and affections interchangeably here in the next few minutes, but uh, there's one thing for sure, and I believe we can all attest to this, that our affections are often torn or split between a lot of things. Um, we, we, we consider work. We consider family, we consider church, we consider uh, distant family, we consider the holidays. Holidays, for me, is probably one of the most stressful times. Uh, if everybody would just come to me, it'd be perfect, it'd be dandy. But because we've got to go other places and see this person and that person, it's just very stressful. But during that time, those priorities, we have to make sure. You get up, you go to this person's house. Make sure you prioritize time with this person. But the word tonight is affections. Uh, naturally, we go through times when we reevaluate and we reorganize our affections. Uh, there's, matter of fact, if you were to go into my office tonight, you'd find two hangers. I believe um, Nathan brought a hanger full of ties, and Brother Lee brought a hanger full of ties. Beautiful ties. And matter of fact, Sunday, I wore one of your ties. I, I was going to show it off to you. And then you backslid and weren't here. But I was messing with you. But uh, they, what they've done is they've went through and they've reprioritized what they like, or maybe they've got too many of one color, whatever it may be, so they've reprioritized some things. You in your life, you may reprioritize some things, whether it's a job, whether it's education, uh, whether it's family, whatever it may be, and 
in doing that reprioritizing, you begin to take those things that you are affectionate for and you put them at the top of the list. Those things that you enjoy the most, those things that are, are of the most importance will always be at the top. But the way life is, those things of importance, often uh, they get rearranged. Something else comes into our life. A man and a woman get married. The man, most important thing in his life, his wife. Then all of a sudden, children come. Now they've got to reassess and they've got to figure out, all right, how does this work? I love this little boy. I love this little girl. But how do I prioritize? Do I spend all my time with the child? Do I, do I spend all my time with the wife? Do, what, what happens? Naturally, there is a, a repositioning of affections. However, God, through the pen of Paul here in chapter number 3, He tells us specifically, He tells us exactly what we should do with our affections. And so I'm just going to give you tonight three things. They're found right in the first, really the first three verses. And we're going to give you these things, maybe a couple other scriptures to help uh, drive home the points, and then we'll go to the house tonight. <coughs> Number one, if we're going to set our affections, our salvation must be sure. The very first verse that we read tonight, it starts off with that, that question. He says, if ye, if you are, he says, if ye then be risen with Christ. So if, if it's settled in your heart that you are risen with Christ. In other words, Christ died on Calvary. He was buried and he was, he arose on that third day. And you and I, when we got saved, We died to self, we died to sin, we died to the law. That's what verse number, I believe it's verse number three talks about. He says, you are dead, so you're dead to sin, you're dead to self, you're dead to the law, you're dead to those things. And verse number one says, you are now risen with Christ. And if this is so, he says, then seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. Which are uh, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And so, number one tonight, if we're going to set our affections, our salvation must be sure. I realize here, probably starting now, maybe in the next few days, possibly starting hot and heavy by Friday, the first of December, people are going to start thinking about um, their New Year's resolutions. By Christmas, they've got them wrote down. They've got them pinned somewhere. And by the 31st, man, they're going to be full-fledged. This is what I'm going to do. When the clock strikes midnight on December 31st, the 1st of January, 2024, man, I'm going to turn over these new leaves. I'm going to do all of these things. And, and that's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But what I want you to know tonight is there's a lot of folks that say they're Christians and they're, they're turning over new leaves and they're making resolutions on how to be a better Christian. And the truth is they're still stuck in the if. They don't know whether or not they're saved or not. So if you're going to make Christ a priority and you're going to set your affections on things above, there needs not to be an if. There needs to be I know. 
I know there's only like 12 of us here, but y'all are going to have to do better than that. There cannot be an if I am right with God. There needs to be I know I'm right with God. I know I'm saved. And so we look over, you can turn with me or not, but Romans chapter number 6, in uh, I believe it's verse number 5 is where we want to read, if I turn the page here. Verse 5, 6, and 7, it says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the, we shall be planted also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth, or from this point forward, we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Hallelujah tonight. If you're saved, you are freed from sin. What that means is not that you uh, will never sin, but it means that you don't have to be in the bondage of sin. It means that sin is not holding you down. Sin is not dictating your every move. You are freed. The bonds have been removed from you. The shackles are laying at your feet. You do not have to worry about the, the bonds of sin if you're a child of God. And so if we are to prioritize or set our affections, our salvation must be sure. (coughs) F.B. Meyer wrote this. He said, too many Christians resemble Lazarus. You remember Lazarus. He says, too many Christians resemble Lazarus. They are quickened or they are made alive from his death sleep, but they're still arrayed in grave clothes. Too few array themselves in the radiant beauty of the risen Lord, which is the common heritage of all who believe in Him, whatever their rank or nationality. Well, if I can, if I can narrow down what he's saying is, there's too many Christians that are, uh, they are looking, they are smelling, they are, they are walking like the old man. And they are not clothing themselves in Christ and His resurrection. And I'm about to get excited on a Wednesday night. And the victory that He had over death, hell, and the grave. And F.B. Meyer says that that is the common heritage of all who believes. Uh, Miss Denisha, you can clothe yourself in Christ and His resurrection. Uh, Sister Tabitha, you too can clothe yourself. Kurt, you can clothe yourself in the resurrection of Christ and be, I almost said proud of it, and that's so. But you can glory in the fact that it's not your flesh, but it's in Him. So, number two tonight, if you're, we're talking about setting your affection. If you're going to set your affections, we must, we're still in verse number one, we must seek the things above. We must seek the things above. Let's look at it again. If ye then be risen with Christ, So our salvation now, we've made sure that our salvation is right. He says, then seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. Now, very quickly, I want to read over there in Matthew chapter number 6. Many of you probably are thinking this particular verse. Jesus says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What does he say? Seek ye 
first the kingdom of God. Here in our text, he says, if you're risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Now, as I was looking at this, I was trying to find a... uh, thought about trying to alliterate this, and uh, so I, I was thinking of some different words to kind of go through here, and I, I just gave up on it. I said, I ain't going to alliterate it. I'm just going to write down how I'm feeling, and now they're just going to have to like it or lump it. It ain't going to matter to me. And so in that, I got to thinking about, you know, uh, he says, uh, you know, seek those things which are above. And so I, I got to thinking about heavenward or heavenly. Well, you can talk, you can talk to... Um, uh, what is what is the stargazer? They're astronomers, is that right? Astronomy. I think I want to make sure it's not those people that talk about the zodiac and all that. Whatever they're called, the people that look through telescopes. That's what I'm talking about. You can look at. You can talk to one of those scientists, and they're going to tell you they're looking into the heavenlies. They're looking into the heavenlies. On a clear day, you can you can look. Heaven word, and you may be able to see maybe maybe some things. I don't know. Maybe you might see the the moon, or maybe every once in a while during a clear day you see a star, you see the clouds. Heaven word. At night, if it's a clear night tonight, you could go out and you could pick out the Orion's Belt, and you could pick out the Big and the Little Dipper and the North Star, and you could pick out all of those things that are heaven word. But he says, I need you to seek those things which are above. And so, and Jesus said there in Matthew 6, he says, you need to seek ye first the kingdom of God. But I love that Paul doesn't just leave it as vague. He doesn't say, I want you to go outside and just look up and see what you can find and think on those things. But he says, I want you to think, I want you to set your affections, I want you to seek the things which are above. But then he goes on and he says, not just heavenly, but in heaven, look at it, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. He says, I want you to look past the clouds. I want you to look past the blue sky. I want you to look past Orion's belt and the Big Dipper and the Milky Way and the, all of the other ways and all of the other galaxies. He says, I need you to look beyond all of those things. As far as your eye can see, I need you to look beyond that and look to heaven. That's the above that we're talking about. Look to heaven where Christ sitteth on His throne. He says, we're not talking about just look up. We're talking about you're, you need to seek the things that are in heaven. So, if we're going to set our affections, we need to seek the things above. We need to seek the things that are in heaven. Albert Barnes said, <coughs> the thoughts should be occupied about the things where Christ now dwells, where our final home is to be, I love this, where our great interests are. You see, for a child of God, and I mentioned this the other day, possessions don't bother me. If you have a boat and you have 12 cars and you have a big house, that don't bother me. I'm not going to get on to you about that, okay? Wonderful. Wonderful. If you don't have those things, 
wonderful. Matters not to me, Brother Kurt. But if if we are Christians, I realize we have goals and we set standards and we set meters for us to to make every once in a while and we want to get to this point and we want to we want to pay off this so we can get the, I understand those things again nothing wrong with that but our interests our interest the things that truly pique our interest they shouldn't have wheels and motors shouldn't have nice paint jobs. It shouldn't make a bunch of no- brother Jody. I tell you, every time you drive up in that car, I get a little bit jealous, and I gotta pray, I gotta pray a little bit. I ain't gonna lie to you, especially when you crank it up and that thing. Boy, it sounds good. See, for a Christian, it is not those things that should be our interest. The things that should be our interest. Is seeing we're not being super spiritual tonight, but the things that should be our interest is seeing Christ. Finally seeing the one that died for us. Coming face to face, Brother Stanley, I'm gonna to talk to you for just for a minute. I am singling you out, but I I, I know nothing about this. But Brother Stanley, finally seeing the one that saw you and saw whatever sin that you were in before you got saved. And maybe saw the things that you would do after you got saved. And maybe the words that you would speak and the places that you would go. Oh, he, God saw all of those things, but yet God and His Son and the Holy Ghost Loved you so much, he decided that he would send his son to die for the world, including you. So our great interest is in heaven. Because individually, we know what everybody else does not know. We know the thoughts that we've had that no one else knows. We know the, the, the in, intents of our mind that nobody else and that we would dare not even speak about those putrid things. We, we want everybody to think that we look nice and we, we go to great places and, and we, we do great things and we are a great person. But God knows and we know what type of people we really are. But <laughs> one of these days we're going to get to heaven and we're going to see the Savior that knew all of those things, Brother Bobby, and still loved us. He knows all those things and He knew all of those things as He was walking down that road after being beaten. And He was carrying His cross and He knew the things that we would do, but yet He walked on. He knew the things that we would do and the places that we would go, but still He walked up Calvary's mountain. He knew how wicked and vile we would be before and oftentimes after we would get saved, but yet He freely laid down His life on that cross. He knew all of those things, but yet He still died for me. He still said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He did all of those things because He loves us. And that is our great interest. 
I said this Sunday, I want to see the Jasper Walls and the Gold Street and the Crystal River. I want to see it wonderfully so bad. But if all of those things were gone, there is a Savior there. Whoopee! There is a Savior there that did it all for me. Brother Jody, if, if you were never, if December the 10th never happened, if, if, if April the 12th, if it never happened, Brother Bobby, Miss, Miss, Miss Samantha, if the days that y'all got saved never happened, and y'all were still lost, but April 24th, 1992 still happened, I know within my heart that God loved me enough that He would die for me. Now let's, let's, let's kick it up another notch. Brother Stanley, if you were never born, and, and Mr. Benny, if you were never born, and Leah, and you were never born, and, and none of y'all were born, and it was just me, somehow or another, walking on this planet, and, and I don't understand how that could even happen. I firmly believe that God so loved the world, and if that included one or a hundred thousand million billion, I believe He would send His Son to die for us. And so, as the writer said, our great interests are not on this earth, but they are in heaven. So, if we're going to set our affections, our salvation must be sure. But we must seek the things above. And he tells us where above is. We don't have to say, well, I see that cloud. Is that where I need to be looking? No. Look to heaven. Look where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And then last, I told you I'd be quickly. I've been going for 14 minutes now. We must be purposeful. If we're going to set our affections, we must be purposeful. This is the statement that Brother Baloo mentioned when he was preaching. And I couldn't even tell you this. All of everything, because when he said this statement, my mind just kind of attached to that and went on. But he was, again, he was given a charge to the preachers that was in this particular meeting. And he quoted this verse. Verse number two. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And he said this word set. He said, don't overlook the word set. That is not a haphazard thing. He said that means, Brother Terry, that means to place it on purpose. This is not the word to sit as you are sitting. This is the word set. So this, this implies an action on someone's part. The word set, it means to fix or to render motionless. So I am taking my water bottle and I am setting it on this pulpit. And I am fixing it in this position. And I am rendering it motionless. And Paul says we need to set our affections. I love this. It is to render motionless. Too often we find ourselves carried about with every wind of doctrine. But Brother uh, Stennett said that we need to set ourselves. We need to fix ourselves. We need to 
fix our affections. I told you in the, in the introduction how that so often we find ourselves reevaluating our affections or our priorities. But the scripture says that we need to set them. We need to fix them. They need not to be moved. This is something our affections should be found in heaven. Our affections should be found above. And so there's no need for them to change. In Matthew 24, 35, Jesus says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. In one scripture, God said that His word would not return void. Listen, if God said it, that settles it. And if we today are going to set our affections, we need to do it with a purpose in mind and go ahead and mark it down. I know the times are changing. I know economy changes. I know the season changes. I know personalities change. But according to God's Word, I want to fix it. I want to make it immovable. I'm going to stand upon the rock that Jesus is and not be moved. I want my affections to be found in heaven. So we must be purposeful. This action must take into consideration. I could take this and I could say, oh, I'm just going to set it right there. Oops. That's not what setting is. Setting is to place it. If you're like me, and you, maybe you saw me during the singing, I was looking around because I knew I had a, a, a water somewhere. I may have placed it down, Brother Jody, but I didn't set it down. Y'all need to catch that. A lot of times we'll place some things down. We'll put it down. There's a difference, Brother Lee, between putting something down and setting it down. Setting it, I'm kind of being funny, kind of not. It sounds redneck. It sounds redneck, but it's right. It's proper. You can place something, you can put something down haphazardly. But when you set something down, you've got a purpose behind it. And the Scripture says we need to set our affections. You called me on, the way, on my way to church. You're already here. It's cold in here. You had to set that thing. What did I tell you to do? When you set it, hit permanent hold. Hit permanent hold. Why? Why? Because I don't want it to move. We set it. And so, if our intention tonight is to set our affections, affection, let me be clear about that, our affection, the thing that we love, if we are to set our affection on things above, then that apparently would also mean that we've already observed some things. Verse 1 says that we need to seek those things which are above. Verse number 3 says you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Verse number 4, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him. So we've seen some things. 
But according to verse number 5, down through the end of the chapter, we find that there's some things that we can find in this world as well. But right off the get-go, Paul says, you need to set your affection on things above. You see, there's some, there's some things that we've already recorded, some things that we've already seen, some things that are above. And as life happens, there's going to be some things that you'll observe in this world. There's going to be some experiences. There's going to be some good. There's going to be some bad. There's going to be some things you wish you could, could forget. But Paul did not say, set your affection on the things below. He said, set them on things above. He said, you've already observed the, 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 the result of the things below. He said, but set your affection on things above. Adam Clark wrote this. Love heavenly things. Study them. Let your hearts be entirely engrossed by them. I was reading this to Luke today. And not your Luke, but your Luke. Little Luke. Bubber is his name, if anybody wants to know. Bubber. I was reading it to, I almost said to Brother Luke. I was reading it to Luke. And he just kind of blankly stared. Didn't care one way or the other. But listen, let your hearts be entirely engrossed by them, those heavenly things. Now that you are converted to God, act in reference to heavenly things as you did formerly in reference to the things of earth. This is a very good general rule. He goes on, be as much in earnest for heavenly and eternal things as ye formerly were for those things that are earthly and perishing. For someone that was saved when I was 12 years old, not a whole lot of difference, but someone that was saved when they were 20 or 30, 40, 50. Most of the times you can see kind of a vast difference between the old man and the new. And so this may carry a lot more weight for that person that was in a lot more sin than someone that was saved, just say, on a church pew. that grew up in church. But the fact still remains. If you were a sinner, you were a child of the devil, and you were living that way. And here Adam Clark says, be as much in earnest for the heavenly as you were for the earthly. Give it as much. I, I would get on to my brother-in-law, John, for saying this. But give, give the Christian life as much gusto as you did the old life. If you stayed up all night long partying and drinking and doing this and doing that, why don't you give it a shot? Stay up all night fasting and praying one night. I didn't do that all night, so I go to bed at a normal time. We need to set our affections 
on things above. Let's stand.